Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. His only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to another episode of Films to be Buried with. Happy New Year! My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a bottle opener, and I love films. As Amelia Earhart once said... Adventure is worthwhile in itself, and Adventure Land is a fucking classic film. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. If you enjoy the show, may I suggest you head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where for the price of less than a pound a podcast, you can get the episodes completely ad-free, You can get bonus content, you can get guest list tickets for live shows, you can get video clips, and you can get to join a growing community of like-minded film lovers. And you can also feel good about helping me make this show and allowing me to make more of them for as long as I can. So, for episode 26, we have the brilliant Mr. Stu Whiffin. Stu is an excellent podcaster himself. You should check out his hardcore listening show with Chris Glasson and his own show, Off the Beaten Track. And of course, his appearances on the Drunk Cast episodes of the Distraction Pieces podcast. He is such a funny and lovely man, and he was so great, and I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I think you can hear it. Well, I mean, obviously you can hear the episode, but I think you can hear how much I'm enjoying it. You get the gist. Usual warnings apply. There is some swearing, some spoilers, and we touch lightly on dark topics, so feel free to skip any bits that upset you. But don't skip all of it or you'll miss the reason why he doesn't like Patrick Swayze. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 26 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. I am Brett Goldstein and I am joined today in my own house by a comedy rock star, a promoter, a venue owner, a DJ, a drunk caster, a podcaster, a music aficionado, and a wonderful husband and father. (laughs) Please welcome to the show, it's the brilliant Stu Whiffin. Oh, Brett, wow. That made me sound really incredible. You are. (laughs) Or Mr. Incredible, as he's known (laughs) in other parts. Oh, Brett, I'm really excited to be in your front room doing well, this. I'm, right. I'm a little nervous because I'm surrounded by posters from really cool films. Yeah. 
and I've listened to lots of your podcast to date, and everybody has chosen really cool films. And I don't know that that's true. I don't know that everyone's chosen. And it really put cool. me on, it, and it made me really sort of nervous. But I thought, do you know what? Just be super honest, and uh, and I'm I'm thinking I'm in safe hands here. You are in safe hands. There, yeah. are no, there are no wrong answers except for one wrong answer, which John Dreamer once gave. <laughs> but there is only one wrong answer. <laughs> and as long as you didn't, you don't do that. All right. Fine. Just before we started, Stu saw my uh, complete box set of Fraggle Rock and said, do you like Fraggle Rock? I said, yes. He said, me too. And I thought, we'll be friends for life. I think so. I've got, like I said, I did mention, I have got an original Clockwork Doozer and... Uh, you must have been very young when Fraggle Rock came out, Brett. Very, very I'm... young. I think one of the first things I think I went to see, now that I just remembered it now, I think my mum took me to like a Fraggle Rock at the NFT, which is now the BFI, like a sort of compilation. It must have been like all the episodes or like an hour's worth of Fraggle Rock at the cinema. And I think wow. that is one of the first things I remember going to. How are you? Because I've got one thing with... I, I love Muppets. Mm-hmm. Frag, you know, uh, the whole thing is, is incredible. And I know you're yeah. a big fan of um, uh, The Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah. But there's one of the Muppet movies, mm-hmm. and it's something that weirds me out to this day. What's that? It's when you see Kermit's legs on a bike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's your problem? Just don't, You don't want to see him from the waist down, is that what you're saying? I think that's exactly what it is. And I think, right. you know, sometimes you see his legs draped over something. Yeah. You're okay. You don't like the movie. I don't like... The movie's great. Moving, no, you don't like the legs moving. I, yeah. I, I don't want to say... I, I, I don't know how it happens. So you prefer Kermit when he's paralysed from the waist down? Yes, I do. Okay. Understood. Uh, that was question one. <laughs> Which is your favourite Kermit? Paralysed from the waist down. Okay. You are doing incredible work yourself. Only very recently you started all this, right? And you were brought on, as I believe the story goes, you're a friend of Scroobius Pips. He decided to get drunk with you on mic. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you and Chris Glasson, and together everyone said, this is the best thing ever. And <laughs> then you two, like, uh, I guess, in a Greek myth, killed the king that was Scroobius Pips. You killed him. And you said, we're going alone. Yeah. You started a podcast called Hardcore Listing, where you do top five stuff. Yes. I've been on it. It's wonderful. And now you have your own one. You've killed Chris and gone solo, called Off the Beat and Track. That's right. That's right. not dissimilar to this one, but with music. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when you do a podcast, you should always do do it about things that you like, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you've got a bit of a passion for. And, And that come about purely because... Hardcore listing, which is still going on, I should make that Yeah, no, Chris clear. is still alive. He's still alive. Um, but when we've had guests on, and, and the, the, the premise of Hardcore Listing is the, the guest chooses a top five topic, whether it's sandwiches, films, wh- whatever. When it was about sci-fi and things like that, Chris is in his absolute element, and I'm a little bit lost. Right. But then when it's music, it's flipped, because I'm a real anorak for music. So that's why I just thought, do you know what, I'm just going to do a little one on my own, just talking to musicians about their life. And so I kind of send them questions in advance and it has to be answered with seven tracks. And them seven tracks are a kind of form of timeline throughout their life. So it's like... Such a great idea. So, yeah, and it's been been really good fun. Seems to be going down well. I've not had anyone say anything nasty yet. It's really lovely. And you very kindly asked me to be on it. And at first I was scared because I thought, well, I don't have enough options. You know, I'd worry I didn't have, like, cool answers. But then I said, could we do a whole episode about Billy Joel? And you said yes. So Absolutely. I think we will. Well, Brett, I'm looking at a 
keyboard and a set of electronic drums in this room that I'm yeah. sitting in. So full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait till the Kermit on Wheels comes in, you're gonna shit yourself. <laughs> okay, so oh terrible news. What's I forgot up? to tell you, and I should have told you when you came in. It's quite bad that I've left it this late. Because I don't know, I should have given you time to sort of at least adjust, but uh, it's really bad. But I'm afraid you died. Okay. You died. Sorry. Right. I should have warned you, but you died. Uh, So it is a shame. That's tragic. Yeah. How did you die? I think I'd like to spontaneously combust. That is great. No one does that anymore. No. It used to be a thing, right? Yeah. People are always spontaneously combusting. (laughs) You don't see it. Do you remember spontaneous combustion? (laughs) (laughs) Used to happen, didn't it, at a supermarket? in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) People bursting into flames left, right and centre. Never see it anymore. I think I'd like to do it in public. I want a massive deal. You know, I wouldn't want to just sort of be washing the car and then all of a sudden there's just just my flip-flops left. I think that wouldn't be... You're not causing anyone else any damage. This isn't like a suicide bomb. This is just no, 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 no. But I want maximum attention. You just in the spot you're on, you burst into flames. No one gets hurt. They yeah. just see oh, a big flame, and then you're gone. And there's yeah. your shoes, your fire yeah. resistant shoes. Yeah. But then, you, would you, if you knew that was going to happen, would you, would you get a decent set of shoes for that, or would you just think, well, it doesn't matter. I just stick them on because I'm I'm finished. Or would you put a nice pair? So of... you're you know you've got like a countdown clock to spontaneous combustion. Yeah. Where are you doing this in this public place? I'm thinking maybe um, DJing would be quite interesting in a nightclub. As the beat drops. Yeah. Wait for the drop, wait for the drop. Yeah. A big one of them sort of, I don't know what they call them horns that they play in the beef club. Goes like, <laughs> one of them. And then just like pyrotechnics go off and then I go off as a, yeah, not go off. but uh, Everyone coming up on pills just as you burst <laughs> into flames. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'd like that. All right. Yeah, can I have that? Uh, I'm not playing favourites, but it's the best death we've had. Thanks, Brett. Well done. I love that. <laughs> um, are you scared of death? <sighs> yeah, definitely. Something you think about a lot? I think about it more than I, than I, I ever have. I think you start considering mortality a little bit more when you have children. Yeah. Um, because you have a responsibility there. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think, I don't know, there's a couple of times when, like, I've had a, like, like a tiny little illness that I'm just not sure what it was. And I would instantly just think, what if, I, what, what if this is really bad and I die? And then that will get into my head. Right. And then I will start driving myself potty. And then I'll do the, the, the real dumb thing of, of Googling it. Oh, and then yeah. it, that's it. It's terminal. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I it's don't. terminal zip. I don't, <laughs> I don't. It's not a daily thing where I, 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 I'm fearful of death. But. There's things like um, me and Chris and, and, and some other pals, we go and swim in lakes and rivers like right. a couple of times a year. We like doing the wild swimming. Nice. And it was quite interesting on the last one because it was, it was the first one that Chris had been on and he was completely fearless. Really? And, and, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and he was totally fearless and, would, would, and, and I was the one that would always take a, a step back. Yeah. And I think pre Having children, I wouldn't have done that. Right. And so maybe I'm a little bit more conscious of thinking, well, I better not die. Yeah. Because, you know, I've got a mortgage and <laughs> them kids need a roof. Those lovely kids. Do you think there's an afterlife? No. Nothing? No. That's it? 
I think, like, if you think that, then would it not affect that whole kind of mindset of, like, max it while you're here? I think uh, for a lot of sort of religious ideas, it's sort of based on that very thing you were saying of, of like, be good while you're here because of the fun stuff's on the other on the other. Yeah, on the but I don't end. think you need religion to be good, right? You just, it's just... I do. <laughs> <laughs> just don't be horrible. If it's it weren't like... for the religion, I'd be absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> on a rampage I don't know I'm not religious and, no 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 and so yeah I don't know I just... well not quite necessarily good but as in there is certain things of you know there is this idea of the kingdom of heaven that's where the good stuff is okay and if this bit is not this isn't the good stuff this is yeah. where you work hard and do the holy grails when yeah at the other side I'm not saying I believe this yeah I'm saying but you've got stuff. to earn that right I'm saying you need to learn <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm no, not, you're not bothered. I'm not bothered. No, I just think you got whatever 70, 80 years, just max it and just yeah. do loads of really fun stuff and, and enjoy yourself and no regrets. And then, yeah, go have a big sleep. Well, surprise, there is an afterlife, you idiots. Fantastic. <laughs> there is one, and they're really annoyed you didn't believe in them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've let you in anyway. Excellent, that's good. And, I must have uh, been all right then. Yeah, no, you was a good boy, really. And in this heaven, they're obsessed with films. Not in an annoying way, in an, the appropriate amount that you like films. Okay. And they want to talk about your life through okay. films. Hang on a minute, do you even like films? I do, I love films. Oh, right, great. Convenient. Uh, I don't get to watch as many as I'd like. Is that because of life or because of children? Or do you? Because i tell you something I've noticed is... I don't seem to have any time to watch TV. And everyone says, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I'm like, no, 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 nothing. But I do watch films. For some reason in my head, film is like, I can put aside time. That feels like I'm doing something. Yeah. Whereas TV, I can't. But I must have some time because I've got a time to see film. You? I, it's a multitude of the the things that you said. It's, it's, it's time and it's family and, and stuff like that. And, um, my wife and I have certain films that we both enjoy watching together, but, we have quite different tastes in films. Yes. And so it's that kind of battle over what we're going to watch. We did watch a film the night before last that we both absolutely enjoyed, which what was, that? was um, McAvoy, uh, where he plays Split Person. Split. Split. Yeah, we enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was good. A um, man who is a split personality. It's called Man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I watched a film on Saturday because I, I, I like kind of gritty miserable British yeah, films. Yeah, you like depressing films, don't you? Yeah. And I like to watch them when I do the ironing. <laughs> so I do, the, I do the ironing on a Saturday it's afternoon. even bleaker. And uh, <laughs> it's like a Mike Lee film in itself. <laughs> um, but I watched Funny Cow. Oh, uh, yeah. And, Excellent. And I adore Maxine Peake. Yeah. I think she's amazing. And I thought Vic Reeves' cameo in it was amazing. It's so great that you do your ironing whilst... What you do, kitchen sink realism. Exactly. Kitchen sink realism. <laughs> Keeping it real. Okay, now. Immersing yourself in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Okay. So, so I, 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 maybe I watch more films than I think I do. In this heaven, all they want to talk about is, is your life. Like okay. Three films. And the first question they ask is, what is the first film you remember seeing? Okay, so I've kind of got two answers, Brett. Okay. But the first film that I remember seeing was The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe. Ah. But it was a. It used to be on every Christmas, right? And it was an animated, like BBC animation. Yeah. And I, I think I read the book at, at school. I had the book read to me. Yeah. And 
And I remember watching that. That was the first film I remember seeing, but that was on TV. And I remember maybe that was the first time that I was a little bit moved because is it Aslan the Lion? Yeah. When they tie Aslan down mm. and, and he, I think he dies and then he, he doesn't come back at back, the end. Yeah. Yeah. But when he dies, I remember just thinking that was awful. And I remember just, and, and maybe understanding a little bit about evilness like, and just how they duped the, the young lad with the Turkish delight into kind of squealing. And, and then, yeah, then, then, then he gave all the information over to, uh, I can't think what the witch is called in it. White witch. The it? white witch. Yeah. And, and I remember it just, just re- that was the film that resonated with me from when I think the first thing I watched that, that sort of struck a cold yeah. as such. So it was definitely that. Did, uh, did, did you watch that on your own? Do you remember the circumstances? I think I watched it with my mum. Right. Like, Do you have brothers and sisters? I, my brother's eight years younger than me, so he probably oh, weren't okay. born then. Right. And so there's, there, there was never sign of... My brother was born when I was... Like, I think I was, like I say, when I was eight. And so obviously we had very little in common. And then right. when he got to sort of 17, 18, he started coming to the nightclubs I worked in. Yeah. And then at 18 and a half, he went travelling and never come home. He lives in Australia. No and, shit. Uh, and so, yeah, I only see him once yeah. every few years, so... Yeah, it's quite weird, to, you know. Yeah. So we haven't really got that thing that the brothers yeah. have, and you know, did you borrow your older brother's records and things like that? So I'm, yeah. I've never had any sort of stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, but he's good, he's happy, and yeah. so that's all good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you watched it with your mum. Yeah. Did that happen a lot? You and your mum was your mum good with films and stuff? No, no, no. not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, you know, they're, awful. Uh, they're, they're, they're certainly not film buffs in any way, shape, or form. My, my dad. Like, I buy my dad films for Christmas. That That's right. his go-to present. He's just, you know, I'll go and buy him a, a big sort of stack of DVDs. What do you get him last Christmas? God, it, it's generally any kind of news sort of westerns or kind of war films. Um, okay. I think I got him. What's the one about the, I'm going to say it uh, when I describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Not the shark. The, the, the guy that... What's the one with the, the, the searchers and they're searching... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the guy from The Hangover, and he's the sharpshooter, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and he, he's the one that takes the one shot. And he, the sniper, sniper. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not a western. Okay, you mean American yeah. sniper? American sniper. Yeah, yeah. I got him now. I got him bone tomahawk. Oh, lovely. Yeah, not lovely. Yeah, that's, well, that's lovely. <laughs> There you go, Daddy. Yeah, it's harrowing, that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No no soundtrack on that either, which makes it even more horrible. A lot of uh, cr- crunchy noises. It's that noise. Mm. You're talking about the scene where the, the person yeah. gets pulled in half. That's a really horrible noise. It's not as horrible as the noise that the cannibals make where they've had their voice box removed or whatever and that plate thing put in mm. and they make that sort of ethereal, yeah. awful, scary noise. That's a vile film. It's a good lovely, though. lovely gift. It <laughs> <laughs> makes Christmas. a lovely gift for any family at Christmas. <laughs> um, okay, so what's the other answer for the so first So the other one was, um, my parents took me to Leicester Square to watch Star Wars. Oh, wow. The um, original? Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, so I would have been, what was that, 77? Yeah. So I would have been, 70, yeah, four. Wow. So I remember them taking me to that, and then they took me to, I sound like such a spoiled kid, I wasn't. Um, but they took me to to see that in Leicester Square and then they took me to Hamley's where I bought two Star Wars figures I bought Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 that's wicked so yeah that was that was my first cinematic experience do you remember it well? no I've got no recollection I remember sitting in the car on the way home and my dad not letting me open the figure 
because he told me I'd lose a little gun. And so I'd just sit there and look at it until I got home when I could open them. (laughs) That's my lasting memory of um, seeing Star Wars in Leicester Square. But that's a cool film for your first cinematic experience. And to go into Leicester Square, where where was it you grew up? Is it where you are now? Yeah, yeah, in Grays in in, in Essex. What is the film that scared you the most? Uh, Easy, uh, American Wolf in London. Ah, fucking love that film. Yeah, we we done... um, Top five horror films on hardcore listing yeah. uh, a few days ago. Oh, great! And it's, it's my number one. It's Who was it? Your your top five horror films? No, no, it was it was me and Chris and and my wife. Oh, great! Chris and Carol adore horror films, and I'm not a massive horror fan. Yeah, as I'm talking to you, I can see Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> just above your head. Um, but yeah, Miracle Wolf in London was it, it come at that time when I can't think how old I was, but I would have been at school, and there was the whole thing of video nasties and yeah. it was like it was that and spit on your grave and there's one called driller killer which i've never driller seen killer, yeah and i remember uh, we all went around my friends one lunchtime because he had a, a video nasty of us spit on your grave and, and <laughs> we was all pretending to be super tough and i remember we all cycled back to school for the afternoon absolutely disturbed with what yeah. we'd seen and uh it's a really horrible film yeah but america wolf in london that was that was different. That was it's comedy. It's, yeah, the score, the the music yeah. is amazing. You know, to the fact that to this day, you know, I'm a music freak, yeah. but and standalone Moon Dance, Blue Moon, Bad Moon Rising, yeah. they're all like amazing records. But the minute I hear any of them, you think of this film. I think of Jenny Agar with no clothes on. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, Moon Dance is yeah. always. Absolutely. Well, it's one of the sexiest scenes, I think. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. But it's a perfect... I mean, it's a very unusually fucking brilliant, proper scary, proper funny, proper sexy, proper moving. I think the end is moving and... It's amazing. It's, yeah, and that last hard cut yep. to the credits. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and the, the just the constant resurfacing of his mate, just yeah. decaying, is, is fantastic. But the scene that destroyed me yeah. is the dream sequence... Yeah. When the family are watching the Muppets. Yes. And there's the knock at the door and then the kind of zombie Nazi, zombie Nazi soldiers just come through and then a come through the window just yeah. annihilate the kids. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'd never seen any or I'd never seen anything like that film before anyway, but I'd never seen anything where like children were being killed and it was just an, yeah. a really idyllic family were just blown to bits. Watching and it the was Muppets like, as well. <laughs> watching the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. And it and it and it just stuck with me. And I remember above my bedroom door, I had a little sort of pane of glass. Mm-hmm. And for every night I'd get into bed and I'd just look at it because the landing light would be on. And I just kept thinking, are them Nazi zombies going to come straight through there and annihilate me in my bed? Yeah. How old were you when, this, when you saw this? Uh, God, 10. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm sure my parents would have been very, very unhappy had they I mean, known I'd, I'd seen that. But I think my dad actively showed it to me at, at quite a young age why because he, oh, he thought I'd enjoy it I mean he was quite right I did <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot to take in at 10 that film I think yeah I can't remember if I found it I must have found it scary but I also remember I think it was really funny and really sexy all of it it's yeah. just a fucking great I love it that's that, that, that sex scene mm. was probably one of the first sex scenes I'd ever seen yeah and he goes down on her, and, and, he and I was it's like, a "Very, it's a very loving scene." And I remember thinking, "Wow, this is really rude." And like, <laughs> but 
And obviously, I was a young lad, but it was it was resonating. I was thinking, this is <laughs> this is resonating. this is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I this definitely... is speaking to me. He's going down and out <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely. Yeah, oh, I love that film. And in in my little uh, bar type shed in my garden where where we record the podcast, I have the big framed picture there of of American Wealth in London, the film poster, oh. because it's it's a beauty. I love it. Great, great answer. And physical special effects? I can't ask for more from a film. Well, I guess it was that film that Landis got the call from Jackson then, wasn't it, to do yeah. Thriller? Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, the amount of kids I remember in the, in the playground, like, we all had our parkas on and we'd all push our hand up inside our yeah. parka and then just try and sort of, like, stretch our hand yeah. out of our sleeve to kind of recreate the, uh, the changing yeah. scene. And I remember that scene, it's the... That's really horrible. And the, and the bit where his face his pulled, comes out, that's that, really yeah. horrible. But it's the bit when he's laying on his back. Mm. That's the bit, like, sort of writhing on the floor. Yeah. That's not right. And it's quite <laughs> weird. Like, when my dog might roll over on his back for, like, a belly rub, I'll just think, no chance, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've checked the moon, Sam. Forget it. <laughs> um, what is the film that made you cry the most? You're a sensitive lad. What's the film that made you cry the most? I watched Journeyman. Oh, wow. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, that would do it. Oh, my God. I've watched a fair few films that have, you know, I'm not afraid to have a good boo in a film and I, I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, if, if you immerse yourself in it, you want to go through it all with them, right? Yeah. Journeyman, for the people who don't know, is Paddy Constantine wrote and directed and stars in it as a boxer. It's yep. got Jodie Whittaker, wonderful Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. He gets a brain injury. And it's sort of about his very slow recovery and about his relationship with his wife. Yeah. In the world of boxing. I'm a complete... I, I box. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a complete boxing nut. And I, I love it. And I'm so excited because Paddy's one of my favourite actors. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's... He's amazing. Absolutely incredible. And I, was, and I know that he's an absolute boxing freak as well. Yeah. And so I was really excited to see what he was going to do with it. And I loved the fact that there was boxers in the film. Mm. It was all done with Box Nation. So it looked so authentic. It yeah. just looked brilliant. And you could tell it was a passion project for him as well. He, he must have, if, if, you know, lots of guys grow up watching Rocky films and want to be a boxer. And, and I think to, to then you know, become an actor and then find yourself in a position when you can make a film like that and the boxing almost be secondary to the power of that film. Mm. And I didn't see it coming. And like, I'd, I'd been told, sort of spoiler alert, there's a scene with the, the, the baby yeah. that's really awful. And I was, and I, someone had mentioned that before, so I was kind of anticipating that. And so once that was over, I just thought, right, okay, so where's, you know, and, and I'd kind of, I had no more sort of preconceptions of the film. There's a scene where he phones his wife. Yeah, that's the fucking best scene. Brett, like, I had to pause the film and go and literally take five minutes because I was mm. bawling my eyes out. Like it was just, I'm just con- constant trying to prolong that phone call and not yeah. trying, but he, he couldn't think of stuff to say. And he was just, oh, it broke me in half. Absolutely broke so me in half. on your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was your family? My wife was in uh, one of the rooms, like building the end of our garden, yeah. uh, studying okay. and the kids were out. And so, all oh, right. So you weren't. They weren't like, "What's going on with Dad?" You like, were, ah. no, no, no. And 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 it was probably a film that I, I wouldn't have imagined my wife would have wanted to watch. Can you cry in front of them? 
Yeah, completely. Um, and my other one, if I had to throw another yeah. one in, which was the one that probably did knock me sideways, is it knocked my daughter sideways to the point where we watched that film on repeat millions of times was Toy Story 2. And Jesse's song. Yes. You know that, yeah? Yes. <laughs> where she's left there. and Unbearable. Like, and, and it was one of the first times... I see my daughter's face affected emotionally by mm. a film. That was her Aslan being tied down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And 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 it's oh yeah, horrible, heartbreaking. Horrible. Like, <laughs> All the Toy Story is horrible. <laughs> um, yeah. I have one question about Journeyman, and okay. this is uh, a spoiler. I'm curious since you know the world of boxing much more than I do. And what I found interesting about it is. It's, a, it's about a man and he has a boxing match and he wins a boxing match. But by winning a boxing match, he ends up with a you know, life-altering brain injury. Um, but what I found weird in the film is that the end... This is a real spoiler, so skip this if you've not seen the film. But like, it's a vaguely happy ending. It's a happy ending. He sort of works his way it's back happy. to his wife. It's soundtracked by Into Your Arms by Nick Cave. <laughs> oh, my God. I went again. Yeah. Like, oh, God, yeah. But when he gives, he gives like a speech at the end where he's sort of thanking people and, yeah. and you know, getting his wife back and stuff. But in the speech, he sort of quite, and I thought it's quite interesting that it was in the script list that there's a very, uh, like, specific line where he says, this is nothing to do, I don't blame boxing for my injury. There's no, almost as if to say, there's nothing wrong with boxing. Like, just because I've ended up like this, there's nothing wrong with boxing. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. I remember thinking it was quite interesting that that line was in there, because I was thinking, well, do you agree? As in, because I'm like, obviously it's complicated, but I think, well, it is also boxing's fault that this happened. As yeah. in, I appreciate you're not going to... Yeah, of course. He, he entered the ring and all that, but we are also... I thought it's far more complicated than that, I think. And I thought it was interesting that he says in the film, I don't wonder what your thought was on that. My Whether thoughts on why he said it are my thoughts on he's boxing a brutal sport. and a bit of both, actually. Um, I think it's a, a combat sport, and I think you'll probably find more people have brain injuries through rugby and horse riding right, and, and, okay. and things like that. He, he's a massive boxing yeah. fan, as, as, as mentioned, and, and I guess a lot of people write boxing off as, as, as just brutality, and, yeah. and, and it's not. It's, it's, it's a real noble art. So um, that's what I wondered. I think. Do you think he sort of put that line in as if to say, listen... Boxing fans, I'm with you. Yeah, definitely. Right, yeah. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. A little disclaimer type yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. Well, it's really moving, but by the way, I don't mind boxing. Don't <laughs> anyway, back to the film. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Okay. Well, <laughs> good answer. <laughs> uh, what is uh, a film that you love, you don't care what anyone says? Most people think it's shit. It's critically not considered good. You're like, fuck you all, this is the one. First Police Academy film. Okay. <laughs> Please elaborate. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it, Brett. It okay. was. It come out when I was probably eleven. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I have seen it, but not in many years. Okay, so I've probably seen quite a few of them. See, I, I don't rate the others. Okay, but the first one, I, I just first one's got dancing around the fireplace, naked scene, boobs at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I also remember that. <laughs> um, and you've also got Lieutenant Callahan's, uh, who was quite buxom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sensing a theme. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've got you've got Steve Guttenberg, yeah, who was just the coolest man on the planet then. Yeah, you've got Larville Jones, who can make sands out of his mouth. Incredible. Yeah, you've got um, Hightower, mm-hmm. who's just big, but that's funny in itself. 
you've got Tackleberry, who's obsessed with guns. Mm-hmm. And for an 11-year-old lad, all of that with slapstick comedy yeah. was just the best. And it was because I remember that come out a little bit after, but I'd, I'd loved Stripes, the Bill Murray, oh, Howard yeah, Ramis yeah, film. Yeah. A similar sort of theme. Mm. You know, they're both joining up and, and I guess Private Benjamin as well, they're, yeah. they're, them sort of things. And there was a – but Police Academy was the one that just – all of my friends were all quoting it and we was all doing, mm. trying to do the sound effects and stuff like that. And it, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I thought Mahoney, like um, Gutenberg's character, was just super cool. Like, just thought he was great. Amazing. <laughs> Have you watched it in the last 20 years? Yes. Yeah. No, how if, if, if it's ever on telly. If anything, better. Like, <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, 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 and it just, it's one of them things that, as I'm sure as this podcast will unfold, there'll be ones that aren't quite as good when I look back. Yeah. But that just takes me back to that moment, nice. and I can't, nice. I can't see anything wrong with it. I will still laugh That's lovely. at some really shit jokes. What is... Because I haven't probably thought about it in years. What is the concept of Police Academy? It's like idiot policemen. Yeah. Police yeah. people. It's, it's like, a, gov- the, it's like the... a government scheme to... Uh, to get uh, people oh. off of the streets and, and, and also... Oh, so it's not people who've applied think, to be pleased. It's like they've lowered the standard of Yeah, completely. And oh, I believe okay. that Gutenberg and the guy that does the sound effects, they're on like some sort of rehabilitation thing. That they get told they have to go in there other than, than prison. Okay. So... Uh, That's quite a good idea, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> Maybe it's time for Police Academy 12. Uh, That's happening. Oh, is it? Um, okay, great. Thanks, so God. I was... <laughs> I was doing a podcast with Ian Lee the other yes. day and Police Academy come up in conversation and, and I mentioned that Steve Gutenberg had tweeted, I follow Steve Gutenberg on Twitter, uh, had tweeted, there's a new Police it's Academy called, film. At coolest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> really? Ian Lee then went on to show me Steve Gutenberg's number on his phone and says, <gasps> they're really good friends. And every time he comes to the UK or he goes to America, they hang out. No. Yeah. Steve Gutenberg. Did you take Ian Lee's number at that point? Again? We should hang out more. <laughs> In America. Around <laughs> Steve Gutenberg's house. Wow. That's pretty great, isn't it? I was a little bit blown away by it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the alternative question is, what's the film that you used to love, loved years ago, and then you've watched it recently and gone, oh dear, that doesn't hold up. I was very wrong. Point Break. Interesting. <laughs> Why is that interesting, Brett? Uh, well, I... I uh, I studied Point Break, wrote essays on it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love um, Catherine Bigelow, and it's a very and it's a. I think it's one of them films in, that at the time everyone just thought was cool, and then you watch it with a bit of distance, and you go, "Oh, this is like a whole homoerotic, like weird, yeah, very, very. It's actually a very strange film, Point Break. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love it. But go on, please. So. I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I thought Laurie Petty was one of the most beautiful women on, on the planet at that point. Um, tank Girl. Oh, Tank Girl. <laughs> is that your like, t- that's, that's it, is it? Dream I woman. love her. Like, that, with the short black hair in Point Break, I thought she was absolutely beautiful. And then Tank Girl was one of my comic book heroes. And yeah, it was right. like, and there you go. She looks cool doing that. And I don't know what she done. Oh, Free Willy. Yeah. But I think that's it. She freed a Willy and yeah. uh, retired. <laughs> And I remember just thinking, like, when Point Break came out, I was probably 17, 18. Mm. I certainly weren't a surfer type, but I was a grunger. So, you know, I had my shorts and my long hair and was trying to be rad on my skateboard and stuff like that. 
And I'd looked at the sea. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking, this could be the coolest thing ever. Because Keanu Reeves is super cool in it. Yeah. And I remember being all excited because before I went to see it at the cinema, some of them went, Anthony Kiedis is in it from like Chili Peppers. And yeah. I was like, really? He's so shit in it. <laughs> like, and that gang, yeah. like the gang that. Dead President's Gang, whatever. No, not them. It's the oh. other gang. Like the, the really horrible ones where they first break into the house and they've got the women that have got their boobs out. Obviously, it's, it's a kind of a, a cop film. So there's obviously always someone <laughs> jumping out the bed with breasts uh, yeah. uh, whenever there's a raid. And yeah, and, and Keedis gets shot in the foot. Mm. Uh, and uh, and then there's like this, this yeah. And, and I remember just thinking, it's going to be brilliant. It's got one of the red chili peppers in it. It, it wasn't. And <laughs> it wasn't. I, I was really disappointed with, with his performance. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking Gary Boosie was quite cool in it. But I need to get on the Swayze. Swayze? How are we saying it? Swayze. 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 So I never thought he was cool in the slightest in anything he ever done. Right. And I know I shouldn't say that because he's passed, but maybe in this afterlife I'll get to hook up with him and we'll have a discussion and about it. And apologise for you. Um, hi, 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 Patrick, nice to meet you. I've never thought you were cool in anything you've ever done. <laughs> Do you know what? It might not even be that. It might anyway, be... Anyway, has anyone seen Ian Lee? Swayze always had shit hair. Right. He never had good hair. And that bothered me, and I just thought, because everyone else in Point Break had super cool hair. Yeah. Because yeah. they were all surf dudes, but he didn't. <laughs> uh, and he just looked like one of their dads. Oh, that's very hurtful. I think that maybe he's just not for you. I think there are a lot of uh, women in particular who love Patrick Oh, Sanders my God. Like, so you're saying you sit through Dirty Dancing and nothing trembles in your pants? <laughs> no. I mean, I- I've seen that film a lot, Yeah, you know, and... You think he's got shit hair in that? I don't think he's cool. Oh, I really don't. I just think... What about Ghost? Is he a cool ghost? No. <laughs> Loser Ghost, it like, should be called. Um, the dude on the train's wicked. Yeah, The one from cool. One Flower of the Cookies. Yeah. Yes, I love him. I'm really conscious, Brett, because I know that you're going to pull me out if I get names wrong or anything, so I know that's your big bugbear. That's right. And I know you get really angry when <laughs> I really thought angry, James yeah. Acast to work for Acast. <laughs> 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 Are you a fan of... Uh, Patrick. Patrick Swayze, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I've never thought uh, of him as someone's dad, or that he may well be. Did you think he was cool? In Point Break? I think I know what you mean, but... Because he is older, he seems like the older one. Yeah. But it's such a weird film. It's one of the ones that I'm trying to think of the equivalent. Maybe like Top Gun, not quite like Top Gun, but when you watch it back and you go, oh my God, how did we not notice? Or yeah. That this is a love story. Yeah, and completely. Is, and that we did think it was cool, and I don't know quite why we did, rather yeah. than think, oh, this is a lovely love story. So do you think that iconic scene when he's at the top of the fence and and Reeves rolls over and shoots yeah. the gun in it, is that just like the crescendo of a, a, a bro wank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? That's him sh- literally like, um, because it's sort of shot like his... He's he's ejaculating yeah. right into the, like <laughs> into the air. I mean, it is. I'm, yeah, I, I am yeah. half joking and half. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally agree. I don't think there's any mistakes in it. I think Kevin Bigelow is far too good and yeah. and prepared. She makes good fucking films. How good's Detroit? So good. Blew me away. Yeah, really, 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 really good. The British lad was incredible in Will that. Will Porter, yes, please. Yeah, oh, absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
Anyway, okay, so you don't like Paddy Swayze. I mean, I feel sad for him because he's... I think he's a nice boy. He probably was. I don't know, but not cool. Fuck his barber. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Patrick Swayze's barber. Yeah. Too wicked. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the film that has... This is my favourite question. I always say that, and I probably shouldn't because it makes the other questions jealous. But what is the film that has the most meaning to you? Not necessarily because of the film itself, but because of the experience you had around the film. Might have been a first date. Might have been the day you lost your job, got a job, something like that. What's the film that you will always remember for this reason? Rocky IV. Great. At the State Theatre in Grays. The State Theatre is an old-style, massive theatre with big sort of onyx-style spiralling staircases. Like it's, it's an incredible building. It's listed. It's still in Grays. It's been derelict for, for years and years and years, and it was absolutely amazing. Like two two tiers, and before the film, the organist would come out of the stage wow. and would play songs, and we'd all be throwing pear drops and cola cubes at him and stuff <laughs> like that. Horrible. And, uh, and 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 it was it was incredible. It, the video for oh, I tell you what, the the cinema scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, that's the state. No way, Grays. Is it really? Yeah, and that was also used in. Really? Was it Godzilla? Whatever the film that. Jamiroquai done deeper underground yeah, for that video where he's dancing on all the seats yeah. and that's the state theatre in Grace as well. Did they flood it? Yeah, for it was derelict by then. Oh, so wow. uh, I, I don't know if they flooded it or what, what they done with it, but that was definitely there. Um, but I went to see Rocky Four there, yeah. and as a cinematic experience, nothing has ever got near it. Yeah. So no one sat down. Really? So everybody stood like they were at a fight. Wow. And, and it wow. was like... How old were you? What was that? What was like 88. 88. So I would have been 15. Okay. And so all of my school... It felt like all of my school was there. Yeah. And all of the other schools were there. And... Wow. And I just remember at the... Like, because it starts with the Apollo Drago fight. Yeah. And everyone was just cheering. And because obviously Apollo comes out with James Brand to live in America. And everyone was dancing. Yeah. And then Apollo died. And I remember looking, and all the girls in my, my, my school were all crying, and all the lads were sort of laughing. And I was thinking, I'm going to cry. I don't want to cry. <laughs> like, I've got to pretend to be laughing and be yeah. one of the lads. But I was proper upset that, that yeah. he died. And then obviously he's laying there, and, and you know, Rocky's cradling his head. And then he obviously he utters them lines, if he dies, he dies. And I remember just thinking, fuck that guy. Rocky, you've just got to fuck him up now. And then... You know, all the training montages, everyone was just yeah. cheering. And then the last fight, I mean, I've been to lots of big boxing matches yeah. at, at venues across the UK. I have never seen anything or never felt as excited to be at a fight as I was watching Rocky, Rocky Balboa beat Ivan Drago at the State Theatre in Grays. Absolutely uh, amazing. That is a great answer. <laughs> and as Rocky hold, holds Apollo's head as he's dying, he turns to camera and goes, I don't blame boxing for this. Boxing <laughs> <laughs> Boxing's absolutely fine. This was just something that happened. <laughs> great, great answer. Was you a fan of the Rocky films, Brett? Sort of, sort of, yes, but not as much as you are. I do love a, I love a sports movie. Okay, I love the structure of a sports movie. I pretty much love any sports movie. Don't really mind the sport. I like Rocky as much as I like Rookie of the Year. Okay. Do I like Rocky? Yeah, I, I just don't think I'm obsessive about Rocky, but I've got no yeah. beef with the Rocky films. Okay. I love them. And I thought the new one, Creed, 
was fucking brilliant. It's good, wasn't it? I thought it was a really excellent piece yeah. of like old school sort of Hollywood filmmaking. Yeah. I loved it. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Uh... What is uh, the... F- oh, here we go. I mean, I'm assuming this is going to be a long list. Bloody hell, here we go. What's the film you thought was the sexiest? So, we mentioned American Wolf in London earlier. So that was really kind of one of my honourable mentions that I wanted to throw into that, yeah. Brett. But Nine Songs. Really? Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. Nine Songs, if you haven't seen it, it's a Michael Winterbottom film, mm-hmm. uh, which consists of nine sex scenes and nine... Concerts, live songs, a couple over a period of time. It's a, if I may, I think it's a very interesting sort of experiment of a film. The Completely. experiment being, how do you tell us tell a story of a couple purely through the sex they had? Really, mm-hmm. the sex they had in concerts. They went to nothing else. Yeah. You don't see them have dinner. <laughs> you yeah. just see them have sex, and you see them go to concerts. Go shoot, and oh. it had real sex in it. Yes, and the first, all the bands that were in it, yeah, were like bands I adored. So right. when and and Winterbottom, I, I don't think does anything shit. No, I love like, him. He's amazing, and I really like Margot Stilly as well. I think she's beautiful as well. Right, and I believe she was, was she in a few episodes of the Trip as well. I think she was. Oh, maybe. But uh, I remember not knowing too much about this and getting it from the video shop because it had primal screen, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club at the top, and then I looked at the lad, Kieran. Oh, what's his name? The boyfriend is Cracker's son, isn't it? It's Robbie, Kieran O'Brien. Is it Robbie Coltrane's son in Cracker? Yes, I believe. But pre that, yeah. there was a kids' program when I was little called Gruy. Right. Yeah. And he yeah. was Gruy on oh, this wow. like, sort of BBC TV show, like this, this kids' show. And, uh, but you never grew up to see Gruy spunking at the cinema. I did not think I would see <laughs> Gruy's knob going off. Um... <laughs> going off like Buddy Reeves' gun. But I remember just thinking wow, this is graphic, mm. but I just thought it was f- fucking brilliant. Mm. And, and I just, it was like nothing, I'd, not the not the graphic nature of it, but the, the concept of the film, I'd never seen anything like yeah. it before. And and I just thought, I'm not a, a film buff like yourself, but I just thought it was shot really well. Yeah. And I, I just, it really knocked me sideways. And I remember thinking, when you said the sexiest film you'd ever seen, I just think, well, that hands down was, because it's, it's pretty fucking sexy. Like, some proper sex going on. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's all the things I like. There was like sex and all the coolest bands. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a great sex film. Sex and live music, yeah. Exactly. And Michael Winterbottom. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
I would also throw in, yeah, um, alongside American Wolf in London, there was a franchise of kind of them frat sort of fraternity films mm-hmm. in in the early eighties that used to get sort of passed round on VHS, and there was one called Porky's. Yes, I know Porky's, and it's Kim Cattrall. Yes, who who went on to become a mannequin. She did. She did. And then Sex and the Sea. Yes. And wasn't she in the first Police Academy as well? Yes. Yeah. And, You're uh, a big Kim Kardashian fan. She's probably done <laughs> a lot. Um, and I remember that was like, that was really like naughty. Yeah. It's and I remember naughty. thinking like, wow, you know, and, and I think she's called Lassie and like there was a, a scene where she's howling <laughs> And I remember thinking, oh, my God, like, this is one of the ones like, well, I can't let my mum and dad catch me watching this. It was just like, I think that was my introduction to that uh, kind of whole American pie kind of teen, yeah. like, comedy, gratuitous. Like, but I just thought it was, that was probably, like, my first sort of VHS that I had that I just remember thinking, God, that's, that's, that's sexy. Pokies, <laughs> <laughs> Christ's sake. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it existed for that reason, I think. I think what's interesting about Porky's and most of those types of... Has anyone ever said that line? What? What's interesting about Porky's? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's interesting about Porky's uh, in relation to the German New Wave? Uh, (laughs) Well, what is interesting about those films is that it's it's very... uh, With everything that is going on socially and politically in our current times, those films have dated very badly... And when you look back on them, you go, God, it is weird that so much of kind of these sort of teen comedies, and even American Pie, which I love, I think American Pie's got a very good emotional heart to it. However, there is a very disturbing scene where they sort of illegally film a girl, you know, in her bedroom. And when you watch that now, you go, Jesus, this is so dark. But at the time, it's weird how all those things, and in Porky, there's lots of spying on people and... Like, there's not okay anymore. Yeah. But it clearly what is it's just a yeah. different time where we're like, yeah, that's fun, isn't it? I don't know. It's fascinating that. So what, what's, your, what's your stance on that then, Brett? Uh, as a, as on a filming a woman. <laughs> as, as a comedian and, yeah. and, and how comedy sort of evolves as to, you know, there, there being sort of certain episodes of Only Fools and yeah, yeah. that can't be shown now because of certain yeah. like terminology they use and things like that. Do you think that that was of its time, so it should be viewed upon that. What's your stance on that, Brett? Uh, I keep changing my mind on it. I think I used to think, well, it's history and you shouldn't deny history And yeah. as long as you're kind of putting a disclaimer, this is from the past. But equally, part of me is like, well, it's almost like, I, I really genuinely don't know. Like, you know, there was programmes like Love Thy Neighbour, which was just sort of yeah, yeah. flat out that's, sort of that's, racist. That's a far more extreme. And I, I sort of feel like we don't need to put that on. We can. I don't want to pretend it didn't exist. Yeah. But we don't need it on. Yeah. On Christmas Day on BBC. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's to do with context and where you're showing these things. Yeah. But there were jokes I used to make, types of jokes I used to make that I wouldn't make anymore. And that isn't because I've become softer or anything it's that i think the world has changed and my sort of sense of empathy has changed and where i go actually i don't need to make jokes like that even if even if it's a really funny joke it's like i don't need to be putting that into the world but i I saw i saw an interview yesterday with james buckley saying that now would the in-betweeners 
Mm. If it come out now, would it be looked upon as because as comedy moved on? Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but I, I just thought, oh, that's that's interesting. Probably it would. There would be things worth looking at. American Pie, like I say, if you look at it as a whole, I think it's got such lovely stuff, and I think it's really actually sort of wise about teenagers and about sex, and I really like how it actually treats sex as a sort of positive thing and stuff. It just has this sequence in it, which is suddenly very uncomfortable and yeah. not right. And that isn't to say that I now think you should ban American Pie. Yeah. I just, I don't know quite how you present it now. It's, it's almost like, I don't know the answer. I don't know if you cut that scene yeah. or you sort of go, listen, this is a film that has lots going for yeah. it, but has its flaws. Here they are. Yeah. Now here's the film. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. It's a good question. What is the, oh yeah, subcategory. Travelling diners worrying why dance. Deliverance. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, right? Oh, man. That's, you know, that's no crime there. Is there not? I don't... Th- I mean, it's, if that isn't designed to give you a travelling diner... <laughs> yeah? But, yeah, I don't think that's a mistake on your part. Yeah. I think you followed the code. Yeah. But... Unless we're talking about Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I, I, you know, the very essence of getting a troubling boner over mm. an animation is quite strange. Mm. No? Well, I don't know. I don't, again, I'm not an expert because yeah. it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But also I think... Sometimes I think about, you know, like on like RAF planes or, or no, like American Spitfires used to draw like sexy women. Like on the Memphis Bell. Yeah, Memphis yeah. Bell. And you go, did they used to go like, oh, let's get in there. <laughs> Was it, or did they go, that's a silly picture of a girl. Well, I'm going to jump to my death, I'm getting in with her. Yeah. Was that what it was for? <laughs> I don't know. Surely people weren't that daft just to think, cool. <laughs> she's nice. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> no. No, I, I think, it, yeah, that, that would have been the only one that uh, at, the, at the cinema where I probably had a shuffle in my seat thinking, <laughs> Jessica. Uh, okay, what is the film that you most relate to? High Fidelity. Great answer. It makes perfect sense. It's, I, Who are you, Jack Black or John, no, I'm John Guzak? So I tried to read the book. Mm-hmm. when I was on tour with my band in the mid-90s. What was your band called again? Uh, it was called Lilo. And, uh, L-I-L-O. L-Y-L-O. And I couldn't, I didn't want to finish it mm-hmm. because I didn't want to know where it ended because there was too many parallels. And I was just thinking, I don't want to know if this is bad because it just felt like it was just too close. So I, I didn't read the end of that book. And I, and I love his books. And then when I heard that they were making it into a film and they weren't making it in the UK... yeah. I just thought, no way, no way. This is like, you can't make Bell and Sebastian that important with some American kind of, and and then I saw it and I thought it was magnificent. It's so good. And I love it. Jack Black is fucking incredible in it. Love him. And do you know what? Like, as much as he is a complete dick in that whole film, that little bit, that you can't see coming where they twist and he just sings, let's get it on at the end. Bust me up. Yeah. Like, and just the whole thing of him going through his exes. And I've done that, you know, I had the point where I just literally 
contacted all my exes and apologised if Did I was you? ever a dick. Did you? And, I, and just the whole thing of just being a little bit obsessed with having my vinyl in chronological order and yeah. things like that and and just being and, and being that dick that would judge people on their music knowledge. Obviously, I still want you to come off the beat <laughs> track, Brett. <laughs> There's no elitism anymore. But, yeah, but being that kind of... Yeah dickhead indie kid that would judge people on on mm. their, their taste in music and it just was so real and i was like yeah. god and and i just adore it i think that the music in it's fantastic zeta jones's character is so vulgar and brilliant like i just i, I thought she was absolutely fantastic in it and yeah i just thought the the i can't think what the young girl's name was the one that played darlene in um roseanne that oh fuck sarah Gilbert. Gilbert, yeah. Sorry, I thought she was yeah. fantastic in it. Yeah, like, yeah. And just that whole elitism of, of the guy that comes in to buy the record that he's been waiting yeah. for and then Jack Black won't sell it to him just just because he's being a prick. Yeah. And oh, everything. The, the thought that – and it was the same because we'd get in the tour bus and that makes me sound like I was in Aerosmith. We'd get in a Renault traffic van and, and we'd all have a mixtape and it would be an argument – as we was driving to Leeds or wherever, who would put their mixtape on in the morning. And just that battle when they're sitting there listening to Bella Sebastian and Jack Black just walks straight in and says, what the fuck is this shit? And then just puts on <laughs> Katrina and the waves. And just brilliant. Like, yeah, I, I, I've got nothing but love for that film. I think it's right. brilliant. And yeah, too many parallels at that point in my life to the point where I wouldn't finish the book. You know, Stephen Frears directed it. Yep. He is one of the great unsung directors, I think. Okay. Did The Queen. I mean, right. did The Grifters. He does so many different types of film Yeah. that I think he's underrated in a way like someone like Scorsese because there's a sort of aesthetic, I think, you can tell a Scorsese film. Yeah. Stephen Frears is the sort of director who gets out of the way Yeah. and just makes really good films, but they don't seem like, oh, they're being directed, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? He's brilliant and Hive Daly is fantastic. You like it, yeah? Love it. Excellent. He nailed it. Yeah. And what did he know? I don't know. He did The Queen. Yeah. Great film. Well done. Thanks. Uh, what is objectively the greatest film of all time? That's a tough question, Brett Goldstein. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I think of the first film that I remember watching, and it, this sounds wanky, but f- felt like <clears throat> I kind of was watching a proper film. Go on. And it was it was a deer hunter. Oh right, okay. And and I was quite young, and as I said to you, I buy my dad kind of war films and things like that. <laughs> Depressing and, films, yeah. And and yeah, and I watched Deer Hunter with my dad. And this before I get to obviously the the the, the iconic scene. Hmm. There's the scene before they go to Vietnam where they're playing pole, hmm. and and it's just drunken joy while they're right. singing Andy Williams "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You." Yeah. And De Niro's singing it into his pool cue, and they're just like, and I just, I just love that moment, and it's just, it's pure friendship, yeah. and that friendship throughout to the very end, and through that scene, that Russian roulette scene, because they're Russian Americans, aren't they? They're, 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 I believe the characters are right. Russian Americans. It, it's Pennsylvania, right? I think that's where it's it's, I think it's so. set. Right. And then when you get to that scene where they do the Russian roulette, I just think it's personally the, the greatest, most harrowing scene. Yeah. Uh, for me, 
it made me think, just fucking kill him. And yeah. and that's a strange response, isn't it? And I can I had that when Nicholson's choking Ratchet in one flight oh, of the cuckoo's wow. nest. And I'm just thinking, just yeah. fucking do it. And <laughs> and obviously, you know, that's that's a different film. But but we 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 and it was that scene. Oh, it's just, it's just horrible. And then the fact that he goes and finds him at the end because he's just trying to get his mate and he's pleading with his mate to... And you just get that look in Morgan's eye mm. and then, oh, fucking hell. It's just... I just think it's absolutely magnificent. And, and I watched it again about a month ago. And, yeah. And it just nailed it again. I just think it's brilliant. And I'm sure on another day it'll be a different film, but I think... But this is today. Yeah. Today is the day, and it? It is. Um, what is the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? I've got two, Brett. Is one of them Shame? No, I purposely didn't mention Shame. Shame's sexy. That could have been me. I, I, I knew that Shame would get brought up in this. That's why I purposely didn't mention it as an honourable mention for my sexy films. Okay. I really like Shame, Brett. I know you do. <laughs> what digs me out about it? Very it's a clear. really bleak film. Yeah. But we've established I like bleak films. It's a bit sexy. I've watched it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I really like, I really like <laughs> the score as well. Lovely um, score. But I think... I'm going to go for Bugsy Malone. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely answer. Very um, different from Shame. <laughs> it's a bit what different. What's the opposite of Shame? <laughs> yeah, probably. What a double bill that would be. <laughs> Wouldn't it just? Yeah. Um, it's just brilliant. Everything about it is brilliant. Mm. As a kid watching it, Machine Guns That Fire Custom Pies, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Scott Bayo. Super cool. Mm-hmm. I think the songs are amazing. Yeah, um, really amazing. And, yeah, I, I just... Cars that you pedal, like, it's just every kid's dream. Well, you say that. What if it was Kermit the Frog behind the wheel? That's a very good Different point. Different story, isn't it? Very good point. <laughs> and there's a scene in it as well that I find really horrible. Are you f- that familiar with it? I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've definitely seen it a lot, so go on. It's the scene right at the beginning when they go into the barbers, Dandy Dan's gang. Yeah. And then one of them drops his gun. Yeah. And then they're back at Dandy Dan's place and then they put it on him. And he's like, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And they pie him. And I couldn't disassociate the fact that it was just a pie at mm. that point. I just thought, man, the guy's saying sorry and you've just killed him. And it broke me. It really yeah. did. I just thought, that's fucking awful. And I remember when Knuckles, like when the, when the Fat Sam's gang try to um, replicate the splurge gun and make their own, and it, it explodes and kills Knuckles, and, and Fat Sam's like over his body crying. And, like, mm. and I remember thinking, oh, that's really sad. And any film should finish with the casting and you give a little love and it all comes back to you. Because that's a brilliant song. It is. Absolutely brilliant song. Say You Want to Be a Boxer, brilliant song. Tomorrow, right. brilliant song. Amazing. Yeah. It's the second best song called Tomorrow, after Annie. See, I've watched Annie. When I was eight, or when I was probably 10 or 12, my brother watched Annie mm-hmm. every day. I love your brother. I've seen Annie a hell of a lot. I took my kids up to the West End last year to watch uh, how was Miranda it? in it. It was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Oh, the, the songs in Annie are brilliant. Yeah. I love Annie. Yeah. Annie too, not so much. 
No, I've not gone anywhere near that. Yeah, and I've not watched the remake either. The remake is... I watched 10 minutes on a plane and I watched anything on a plane. Yeah. And I couldn't watch it. It's awful. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on in that remake. Music's all over the shop. Yeah. She doesn't even... It's not even in an orphanage. Yeah. Miss Hannigan doesn't have a drink problem. I'm like... Really? What's going on here? Is there a rooster? No. I mean, it's all like... It's very strange. So... You like a musical then? Yeah, I guess I do. Can we discuss Great Showman? Of course we can. Do you like it? Love it. All my heart. So I went to cinema yeah. with my wife and children mm-hmm. and I didn't know what Great Showman was. Right. And I sat down and then straight away it starts with a song mm-hmm. and I said to my youngest, I went, Layla, is this a musical? <laughs> and she went, yeah. And I thought, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Ten minutes in. Crying around that. Oh, I mean, by the time it got to the performance of uh, the the the, uh, the never be fucking hell, tears <laughs> fucking streaming down my face. We got home. Yeah, that was the Saturday night. The Sunday we uh, we we had a, we had a, we had a bit of roast dinner, and then it was like we'd had a couple of glasses of wine. We was like, fuck it, should we get a cab and go and watch it again? So oh, we, I love it. And I'd had a couple of glasses of wine. This time, fuck, I'm booming throughout the whole film. Oh, mate. <laughs> I love yeah, this. It was, it, and that's one that my kids have on loop on DVD. And and whenever I log into my Spotify account, mm. I'll put some kind of uber elite is cool indie music on. Yeah. But we've got a shared account. And so halfway through me listening to some obscure Maccabees B-side, something from The Greatest Showman will just cut straight over the top because <laughs> the kids or Carol's <laughs> listening to it somewhere. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. It's so pacey as well. It's just, I think it's just a brilliant film. It's absolutely it's fantastic. And if we're going to throw musicals in there yeah. for films that I've watched a lot, um, Grease. Okay. Like, I just think... It's no Grease 2, but okay. It's no Grease 2, no. But uh, Travolta, just... I, I know that most people think he was cooler in Saturday Night Fever, but I'm, I'm going Grease. I think he was super cool in Grease. Yeah. Coolest haircut. Yeah. And, he, you know, he was like 60 then, and he's still playing a teenager and pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, I'm so glad you like Great Showman. Fucking Scroobius Pip texted me afterwards, why'd you make me go see that? I was like, because it's the greatest. So we've had this discussion, me and right. Pip, and he was like, just so I, And I'm like, no, it's not all right. It's really it's good. It's like, not, It's not all right. And what, what's not, I don't get, and it's, it's really weird. It's one of those things where I say to so many people, have you seen it? And they're like, it's mm. a musical. And I'm like, just watch it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I was exactly the same. And then I watched it and I was like, Oh man, this is amazing! Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think there's. A, I, I wonder. I th- always think with musicals. I think there's a there's a thing of you really have to go with it. There's yeah. there's a lack of irony about yeah. most of them, and if you're resistant, yeah. then you're you're just always going to have a problem. Like because it's quite a big uh, suspension of belief. You're in a world where people sing. Yeah. It's, if you make that jump, then you're in. Yeah. But if you're resistant to the very idea of, what the fuck is everyone singing? Yeah. Don't bother in the don't, first place. Don't go. Yeah. Don't waste my time. Yeah. I if, loved it. If you hate joy, don't go. Exactly. Because it's joyous. Oh, yeah. I love it. And whoever wrote them songs, yeah. brilliant. Well done. Yeah. You know I don't like being negative. We'll be quick. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Roadhouse. Why do you hate Patrick Swayze so much? <laughs> What did he do to you? He's such a nice guy, apparently. Um, 
Fucking hell, I've never known anyone have a hate campaign about Chicks Razor. Oh, I forgot about that question. God, yeah. Um, do you know what? That cunt with a stupid haircut trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? Yeah. It, 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 it just, it's just really shit. <laughs> it's really shit. Um, Sweeps up an eyeball. What more do you want? Oh, just that. that it, it's like... Is it because you've lived the life of Roadhouse and you're like, this is, this is not like the pink toothbrush where I work? Or is it? Do you know what? I've never, I've never seen there be a situation outside the front door of one of my clubs where a actual stuffed bear falls over on a fat man and kills him. <laughs> 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 That's never happened, Brett. Um, well, I don't know it's what to just, tell you. It's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. Um, he's rubbish. The, the guy that plays his mate with the long hair, he looks quite cool. He okay. would have been better. Like versus, yeah, he would have been a better Swayze in Point Break. Playing the part of Swayze, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But I, you know what? I'm not going to hate on, on him anymore. So can I... I'm going to change it. Okay. I'm going to change it to any films about cars. Really? Um, specifically, Cannonball Run. Yeah. And what was it? Smoking the Bandit. Right. Um, never seen any Fast and Furious films. Yeah. I won't either. Um, Why do you hate car films? Because when I was a kid, yeah, I was one of them kids that was never indoors. Right. Okay. I was always the one that would be waking up too early and knocking on my mates' doors saying, "Come, on, let's go out." And then their mums would be like, "No, they're still in bed." And I'd be like, oh, "Fucking hell!" And like, <laughs> it's four AM. <laughs> Literally. Me and Mark Wahlberg are up. For and uh, <laughs> and we, we, whatever that, we would go out in the afternoon and around the, it was always Easter holidays or Christmas holidays, them films, Cannibal Run or Smoking the Bandit, would invariably be on the TV. And we had like fucking grifters and BMXs. We didn't have cars. We weren't into cars. But when them films were on, all my mates were like, oh man, Cannibal Run's on, we're going in. And I was like, don't, don't go in. And, like, and my mates would all go in and watch them films and then I'd have to go in because I no other mates that didn't want to watch them films and, and my dad would be watching them and he'd enjoy them and I'd just be watching hating them before I'd even given them a chance because all of my mates that didn't want to play out and then, then I'd watch them and I thought they were shit I hate car chases I like the Blues Brothers but I don't like the car chase scene You'd like the Blues Brothers if it was all the Blues performances and they had sex in between. That would be better. That's your version. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, Electric so, Blues Brothers. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so is your... Uh, that's quite a sweet reason not to like films because they, they stopped your friends from playing and you had BMXs. But what if they said BMX Bandits is on with Nicole Kidman? Would you have gone in then? So let me tell you about Grifters and BMXs, Brett. Okay. I was told that I was allowed a new bike. So I was super excited because I'd had a, a boxer, which was the rally boxer, which was like the, 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 the you had a boxer, then a striker, then a grifter. Right. And they got bigger as you got older. And so I got to the point where I was allowed a grifter. These are, these are types of bikes? Yeah, okay. or rally bikes. And there was three, and they were like, that, that was the sort of chain that you went through to get to the, right. the grifter, which was the daddy. It had gears a grifter. Uh, but it was a big old lump. It weighed a tonne. And I remember going to the bike shop and going, oh, uh, I've come to get my grifter. And the guy in the bike shop went, yeah, mate, seriously, have you seen these? They're called BMXs. And I was like, yeah. How many gears has it got? And he went, none. I went, fuck off, mate. I'm having a grifter. Fast forward about two weeks. All of my mates have BMXs doing these massive jumps and things like that. And I had this great big dead weight of a grifter 
that weighed a ton. And just and then all of a sudden there was BMX Bandits and all of these super cool TV shows about BMXing. And I had a, a really shit bike that had three gears. He's like, oh, boys, do you want to play Grifter Bandits? Fuck off, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, them, them sort of films, like anything that stopped... Stops play. Stopped my fun. Yeah. I didn't like it. And uh, Weird that you say that and yet you will go, I don't want anyone stopping my fun. Now, come on, let's put on shame. It's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting man. Uh, oh, dear. What... <laughs> What is the film that made you laugh the most? I think the first time I saw it, Stir Crazy. I love Gene Wilder. Yeah. I love Richard Pryor. I love Silver Streak. I've not seen Silver Streak for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah Silver Streak. And Woman in Red. Oh, that was just Wilder, I think, Woman in Red. And what was the other? Uh, there was a, oh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Yeah. And I think there was another one called Another Me, Another You or something, which I've not yeah. seen. But Stir Crazy... I think that's their pinnacle, isn't it? So yeah. Crazy. And I just think Gene Wilder's just hilarious mm-hmm. and Richard Pryor's Richard Pryor, so he's yeah. he's the daddy, right? Just, yeah, absolutely pissed myself when I first saw that film. Thought it was absolutely hilarious and really sweet as well and loved it. Okay. But that was, on, that was on VHS. Yeah. I saw Borat at the cinema mm. and I've never seen... People like, I mean, I'm not exaggerating, yeah. falling out of their seats, like, and leaving the cinema to get their shit together. Yeah, I'd never seen hysterics like that. And yeah, I mean, maybe that harks back to our conversation earlier. Would that film be slightly inappropriate now? I don't know, but I laughed a lot when I first saw that. I, th- yeah. I thought it was like nothing I'd seen before as well. Borat is amazing. Yeah, that that abs- that in the cinema, that's the funniest experience I've ever had in the cinema. Do you think it has that extra reaction? Because it's dangerous, isn't it? It's because there's a real... Yeah. It's, yeah, there's something... Re- there is genuinely real jeopardy, and so the stakes are so high. I mean, that, that, you... that rodeo scene, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty for real, isn't it? Yeah. Like, but it was, you know, people were in bits already, and then by the time it gets to the scene with his driver or manager, whatever he is, yeah. with the balls on his face... Yeah. Because that scene's about 10 minutes, right? It <laughs> don't like stop, that. does it? Yeah. And, and I don't think people could compose themselves. It was just out of control. It yeah. was like people would, just, like I say, were literally falling off their seats laughing, and I'd never experienced that in a cinema. So I'm going to go with Borat. Great answer. It's commitment, isn't it? It's so committed. What's your favourite film? This isn't one you take with you. It's your favourite film. I didn't put it on the list. This is supposed to catch you off guard. What's your favourite film? It's, it's a film called The Wanderers. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Love The Wanderers. Oh, you've seen it? Do you know that Richard Price, who wrote the book of The Wanderers, is one of my all-time favourite authors, and I've read all of his books, and I love him very, very much. And so I've seen The Wanderers because I love Richard Price, and that's why I then watched the film. Made by Ken Wall, I believe, was the director. I might be wrong. Probably are. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad It's that... good, The Wanderers. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's... it's a solid... The, the soundtrack is all mm-hmm. doo-wop and Frankie yeah. Valley and Dion and the Belmonts. And it was just, for me as well, that I, I first got introduced to that when there was a big spate of the Warriors and Class of 84 and them whole kind of Bronx kind yeah. of gang films. And I like the Warriors, 
and it always gets compared. Yeah. But I think The Wanderers is, is funny and it's got that American Pie-esque teen kind of comedy element to mm. it, yet it's it's about Wanderers Forever. It's about brotherhood and friends and... It's also a bit of... It's a bit your... T- it's less American Pie because it's more like... It's a bit more realism. It's a bit more... Definitely. This is a time and place. And yeah. I think maybe that's an, an answer, by the way, on the American Pie question. Okay. Something like The Wanderers, which does have kind of sexist stuff happening yep. in it. But I think something like The Wanderers is fine because it is about... It's very much placed in where it is and it isn't... Nothing is glorified in it. The way yeah. they treat women isn't like... And hey, race is, is a big cool. thing in it as yeah, well. Yeah, it seems like more a presentation of the reality of that situation rather than a, what's the word, glorification or yeah. a, a, um, what's the aspiration or, yeah. well, you know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe completely. It's, it's one of the films that most of my people I know aren't into it and oh, no, just think great. it's a bit disposable and of its time. And it's just one of them films that I just think, I just really love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And whenever it, you know, I, I, I think it's been deleted. I don't think you can buy it on DVD. I've still got it on VHS and I've got no means to play it. But um, I've been naughty and streamed it a few times. And I just I just think it's brilliant. It introduced me to so much music. And I just I just really like the whole concept of... It's so cheesy, but just there's like fractured friendships because of girls and things like that. And, mm. and I just love the fact that it all finishes with happiness and wanderers forever after it's like that and even though they're going to go their own separate ways and deal with parenthood and things like that it's it's always wanderers forever and i like that it's i guess it's the closest thing to finish in with you give a little love and it all comes back to you (laughs) that's lovely great answer no one said the wanderers oh well i I didn't expect they would (laughs) (laughs) uh right stay with him yes You've been an absolute joy, a delight. Oh, it's been really nice. Thanks, Brett. However, when you were DJing at that mega club, and uh, just as the drop came, you exploded into flames, everyone went, fucking have it, as they came up on pills. No one... Sort of, with the the gig carried on, the night carried on, people just sort of danced around, someone took over, sort of stood on your... Ashes because they didn't yeah. want to sort of shut the club because yeah. you'd really made, a, yeah, yeah, made yeah. the place go off. Uh, but when <laughs> the club closed at like six, they kept it open next for a few hours. Everyone's filing out and they're like, what do we do with all of Stu's ashes? And obviously those special shoes you bought that were flame resistant. Yeah. So your ashes are collecting shoes, but they're kind of everywhere and there's dust everywhere. So they're sweeping up all this stuff. They're picking up bits that aren't really you, but they're not yeah. sure. So they're picking up more than they probably should just yeah. in case. Anyway, they managed to put all of this in the coffin, but it turns out only when they get it all in the coffin, that fuck, we picked up much more than Stu here. We've got bit, who knows what is in this, but some of him's in here, definitely. But they're packed. Turns out there's no room left in the coffin. There's only enough room for one DVD for you to take to the other side. And on the other side, there's movie night, and one night it's your movie night. What film are you going to show? High Fidelity. Great. High Fidelity. No one else has brought that, so you'll have a lovely time having someone encouraging you to pursue your passion and the ups and downs of life and finding that one person. And then it all finishes happy to the soundtrack of Marvin Gaye. Stu, (laughs) wondrous forever. (laughs) 
Thank you for coming. Is there anything you would like to plug or say other than your own podcast? No. Say again? No, no. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming. I'll let you go to heaven with uh, The Wanderers forever. And remember to give a little love and it all comes back to you. <laughs> Good night. So that was episode 26. Thank you so much for listening. Please head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein to help support the show and find any treats that might be hiding over there. Remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating because it helps our numbers. And you know how important numbers are. You know about the numbers. Thank you so much to Stu for coming over. It was really good fun. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the artwork. I will see you next week for a special Films of the Year episode where I will be discussing the best films of last year with a secret returning guest or two. But in the meantime, have a happy new year and please be excellent to each other. being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.